Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Roy O'Neill with you. Hope you're all well. We've been joined by a very happy David Tuberty, who has the, the flag is the... flying, David. Uh, <laughs> it's flying high. How are you this morning, David? Um, voice is not great, but um, yeah, it's just buzzing, buzzing for Colum and the boys. Mm. Uh, it was just great lift, great lift for Clare football, and uh, oh, delighted, absolutely I, delighted. I enjoyed Colum Collins's interview after the match yesterday. Um, <laughs> It was the touch of the Vita Scarlitis to it, who famously in 1980, after he finally bet Jimmy Connors at the 18th time of asking, said nobody beats Vita Scarlitis 17 <laughs> times in a row. Um, <laughs> Colin Collins was like, you know, we, we couldn't have lost to Cork for a third time on Clare soil this year. We weren't about to let that happen. <laughs> so uh, there was a there was a real sense of, um, I think, a lot of satisfaction, David, that uh, after the league campaign and after two defeats to Cork, you know, that that was, I think, You'd you you'd be the first to admit that the Clare football community needed that a lot. I'd say. Oh, it was huge, absolutely huge. But um, going into yesterday, I just knew there was going to be a kickback by these boys. Um, I suppose the performance in the league—they really never had their full panel of players or full team out any day. They were always missing one key player every game or two key players, and just on uh, just yesterday, everybody back, Barkinoli, I suppose, but um. But the performance was just outstanding in the second half. I think it was probably the best, best 20, 25 minutes of Clare football that I've seen in a long, long time. It was just free flowing and uh, the kick passing into the forwards, <laughs> which usually uh, the last few years wasn't there. But, <laughs> but um, no, it was. It was he says uh, roofing. No. <laughs> Where was that kick when uh, I was playing? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, no, it's just everybody just, everybody just put their their shoulder to the wheel and just it was outstanding performance yeah. by everybody I was going to start with the game of college but let's be honest the two, the two <laughs> you boys were in Cusick Park yesterday and um, sure we might as well start with that Rory <clears throat> you, you described it as the biggest game of the weekend so it's um, you know yeah. clearly it's a significant defeat for Cork who you know I was doing the maths on it yesterday now it's unlikely in Leinster but if a division a lower division team makes the final in Leinster and Ulster then Cork could well find themselves in in Talton Cup. It is possible. So it was a significant it, defeat. It's more than possible. I mean, all you need is Meath to make a Leinster final and Cavan to make an Ulster final, and that's it. They're out of the Sam Maguire. So mm. I think it's very eminently possible now. I mean, Meath on the same side of the, they're on the opposite side of the draw to Dublin. So that's not beyond the realms of possibilities. <laughs> and um, I'm sure Cavan will fancy Armagh on home soil and. We'll get to our man, I'm sure, a little bit, but um, yeah, I think it's 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 an awful setback for Cork in loads of ways. But there can't be any excuses, really. They were beaten by the better team yesterday, and there was none from John Cleary after the game. Yeah, they were beaten by the be- the better side. Won. They played the better football. They had more shape in their attack. They were much more direct. They had better forwards, which ultimately is what wins games. I mean, yeah. what did Cork score in the first half from play? One point. And it was the oh, centre yeah. was the centre back that scored that I think if I'm not it mistaken. was yeah centre back scored us yeah so no that was score. that was towards that was towards the end of the second half so. no score from play yeah. in the first half like just 
I, I, when I saw the, the, the team named, I said, but look, maybe is he going to go with that team? I just looked at the half forward line. I'm saying to myself, there's not enough scores there. Like there just isn't enough scores in that half forward line. Not, you're not going to rack up a big enough tally. Um, I said this way back in the day when he was playing that half forward line in, or in the early stages of the league, Mikey, I, I, they don't ship in often enough. But look, you can't just can't take anything away from Clare. I think this really is more about Clare. They fought in their backs. They needed to preserve their championship status in Sam Maguire. They still haven't done that. No, still, no. There's still, there's still, there's <laughs> still, there's, there's still a, a, another another hurdle to jump. Yeah. And and uh, as we know. It was it was a massive game last year that went to extra time and penalties, which they were beaten in. So they'll be very conscious of that. But they've given themselves every opportunity now. And Jamie Malone, unbelievable yesterday in terms of the role. I think uh, the way they were coached, the clarity around them knowing what they, the way they wanted to set out. I mean, the game very defensive, but both teams were. But Claire, yeah. Claire, Claire just seemed to have more. Uh, they'd, they'd more of a threat up front and just seemed to have more purpose when they moved the ball from back to front and fully deserved their win. You can take nothing from them and just say congratulations, well done. Yeah, there's yeah, a big, big just... change at halftime, wasn't there, uh, David? The midfield there yeah. coming in for Cahill O'Connor. That, that, yeah. that seemed to be a, a, a very significant switch. Because that was key, Darren coming in. Um, I think I just I was very surprised with Cork. They kept going with the um the overload kick out on the right or left. I just they, they didn't change it up at all. Like, like everybody knew where the kick out was going. Everybody in the stand knew where the kick out was going yeah. the whole time. And uh, Darren was there, and Darren I think he caught two clean kick outs and broke a few in after that. But he there won the breaks, and I just I just thought Cork were just yeah just one dimension that they were just there was no change up at the kick out. Um, they're under a lot of pressure. Nobody looking for a shot or anything like that. Um, but Darren O'Neill's uh, coming in at halftime was a massive, massive factor for Clare. And um, it's just, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a game changer. It surely was. Speaking of game changers, David, can you just, uh, I think most people, you know, when they're thinking of Clare, Clare players of the last 10 years, um, the kind of, the, the kind of, the guy who seems like the successor, I suppose, to yourself and maybe the other generation is Keelan Sexton. And he really, he really stood up yesterday. Can you just tell us a little bit about what it is that makes him so good? Because he, he is, he's a special talent, you know, and he's one of those players, oh, geez, if he was playing for Dublin or, uh, or Tyrone, he'd be an all-star every year kind of job. Like he's, he is, he does to me at least. He took Daniel O'Mahony to the cleaners yesterday, Mikey. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, Daniel O'Mahony would be one of Cork's, you know, better defenders. Yeah, I'd like in the, just starting off the game, like you can see straight away, Keenan, I think he won two balls, kicked a point, mm. uh, had had a bit of a wide, but then Cork had, Cork had to bring a man back in front of him and put a sweeper in front of him and try to block off that quick ball. They kind of did in the first half, but the second half, Keenan came out and about, just got on the ball and he's a fella when the gander is up, he's, uh, there's no better man to give him the ball and he was looking all day for it. He, he won't freeze. Um, players came off him. He just, uh, yeah, um, he just outstanding performance for him. Um, just, I'm delighted for Keelan now. Um, he he like he was injured for the league for a good few of the games. Um, back in full fitness now, and he just, yeah, brilliant performance by him. And um, Claire needs need to get him the ball as much as they can now. Uh, in the next few next few weeks. Mm. Um, yeah, for for Corkroy, a big problem did seem to be the kick out their own and Claire's kick outs. Just just. <laughs> 
they had no platform in the game really did they no and look the conditions were tricky enough as well i don't know like it did feel to me like they weren't going to take a chance going short just because of the wind and it, you know it was it was wet at times so no like i mean the, the kick the kick out i think fair enough that's one part of their problem but the other part the big issue for me is like when you're set up against like Karkova has struggled playing defensive teams since defensive footballer first arrived on the scene back in the early noughties or certainly 2010, 2011, when we saw Donegal's iteration first come on. First, come He did on. all right in 2010, in fairness. Yeah, but like they, they, they have struggled for whatever reason. They've never been able to manage it. Now, one of the big, one of the big buzz phrases that I often hear is when modern Gaelic football is don't take the ball into contact. I take the opposite view, you know, like I think that maybe is part was part of Cork's problem yesterday is that you needed to take the ball into contact. You needed to break through those lines. You needed to have kind of support runners and lads that were prepared to maybe get a belt or maybe get bottled up or try. I mean, if you look at the way Dublin will say take down defensive teams to make the pitch big, hug it from left to right, and then have really good strike runners kind of breaking through and then over. 40, 50, 60 minutes, eventually you'll find a way and the gaps will appear. We still, Cork still seem to struggle to sort of figure that type of game out and just didn't have enough uh, powerful runners, lads prepared to take, like it was a lot of shifting around the edges and going back and forth and right across and waiting for the perfect opening. That's not going to come. Um, especially with the way Clare were set up they were set up they were really well organised they'd obviously targeted this game in a big way they know that Cork struggle with these types of game plans they executed it to perfection and they got a very very deserved victory Right before we move on David there's no better man to give us the temperature of the the, the, the Clare football community what what what, what was the conversation at the, at the bar last night? What, what What's the ceiling for this Clare team this year? What, what what will be a successful year now? It already seems, despite league disappointment, like a pretty good championship, but obviously not falling to Limerick is kind of key now, I guess. Yeah, that's key. Um, two weeks' time against Limerick is going to be a massive, for, uh, massive game. Um, you see what Limerick uh, did last year to us. Um, they overturned us in QZ Park and... They're going to look at Clare. Um, I know that they'll probably look at Cork and go. Well, might, we might get a win over Cork, but after seeing Clare winning yesterday, they'll they'll fancy their chances. Um, I think Cullum will get the boys um grounded hopefully you know um next few days, and just to get ready, it's um hopefully if we get over this, you've got a an Ireland Ireland series and we're into the group stage, which would be brilliant for Clare. Um, which um. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a poor league, but uh, I think the championship. Everybody's buzzing around the place. To, to, like the pitch, the pitch was. They all came into the pitch after the game. Those kids taking photos with the players and those adults hugging each other and the dog. There was there was just great. It was, it was unbelievable to be in the stand, um, and to see everything happen there. First, yeah. That's the first time you've enjoyed being in the stand, then, David. You, to, you, time, you were saying you were saying you had you had, you had to pay for your own ticket, David. Did you? <laughs> <It is. laughs> I don't know. Uh, Clare County Board would be giving you a couple of freebies after all your years of service. Um, no, I I got a ticket all right, but I had to give it to the mother. The mother was going over uh, to the game as well, so um, yeah, I had to get I got to get I had to get a ticket before the game quick. But um, no, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant performance, and yeah, looking forward to two weeks time. Yeah, those scenes were great, Ryan. It is nice to hear like managers 
like admitting their players are going to go and celebrate a championship win. You know, Claire, like Claire are celebrating. Uh, David Burke said it last night as well. Of course, we're going to celebrate this. And obviously, the New York lads will probably have to be peeled out of a few, <laughs> a few Manhattan buyers in about a week's time. But like, it's a truncated season, yada, yada, yada. But like, we've had this conversation before. But if like young lads in the prime of their health who are training nonstop for six months can't go and have a few beers and the, the sky won't fall down. Like what's the point in it all? They're not monks, you know, it's not a, it's not a pilgrimage they're on. And you, I think the social side of it is a very, very important part as well. And yeah. I think it's fantastic for players to be able to do that. And I think it creates a good bond. I mean, I know we'll get yes. on to we'll get on to Mayo Ross Common. I guarantee you, Mayo went out last night, and I'd say they had a good night as well. You know, <laughs> they, yeah. they've got they've got five weeks anyway. So yeah, you know, so there you go. But yeah. the Clare, like we met up with the Clare boys um, in Kiran's afterwards, and like it's it's brilliant to see all the players out there and mingling with um, all the supporters and stuff. And uh, Colin was there as well. And I haven't seen Colin Colin in the bar in a long time, but. Um, no, it's just brilliant to see everybody. Like they have to go out, they have to enjoy themselves. Um, like as you said, could, I, could I ask? Could I ask you a question about Cullum? I just think he's look. He's one of the best managers around. But I often wonder about him, David. Would he? Let's say if he decided at some stage now that he was going to finish up with Clare um, this, this season, next season, you know, hopefully never from a Clare football perspective. But let's say if he did. Would he be able to bring what he brings to Clare if he were to take a job with another county? Or is he very um, is he very specifically um, a Clare football man and the magic that he has just wouldn't translate if he went elsewhere? I suppose with Colm, he knows the ins and outs of Clare football. He's been there. He's been there for minors all the way up, 21s, um, seniors. He's involved with Cratlow, so uh, Cratlow football, they, they play league, they're in Division 2 at the moment now, but they they did play at Division 3 and 4, so he got to see every player in the county really, mm. and he'd go to every single game and clear, like it's um, it's unbelievable, like he could be at, three, if it was a championship weekend, he could be at six or seven matches the weekend, so he knows clear football in and out, which is unbelievable, like, and uh, if he did go to another place, uh, another county, um, would he get the same thing? Probably he might do like he's like when he came in first he he set the standards for Clare football like Clare he cut out a bit of the um I suppose you could say the messing the the, the messing and the fellas enjoying their nights they might go on more than one night <laughs> might go on <laughs> one or two days but um yeah he put the foot down earlier on and he kind of sorted out Clare football and um he probably could like but um no he just he knows Clare football in and out as I, as I said um he knows every young fella coming through whether it's 16 17 year olds he knows everybody and what's great about him he gives the young fella the chance um with this with the senior team and but you need to and he they give him like if you're good enough you'll play that's what Colum does mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's hopefully you no know, he does maybe stays on another few years uh, because I think for me I think they might be in a bit of bother if he does go <laughs> um, I, yeah, so it's yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, it's down. Uh, we won't we won't talk about such sad things on yeah. a happy day. Um, <laughs> Roy, why, why, why are you bringing him out down, Roy? Um, <laughs> well, do do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mis- misery loves company. Um, so we'll move on to the the, the big match in Connacht, Rory. Um, yeah. This is a good stat. Um, Nails last four league titles: nineteen seventy, two thousand one, twenty nineteen, and twenty twenty three were all followed by defeats. 
to Roscommon in the Connacht yeah. Championship. So um, you, I think, were the only person who backed him on the podcast last week, last week, or you'd obviously been trawling through the history books. Well, it wasn't anything to do with history. I just thought it was primed and set up for them for the classic ambush. It would have been difficult for Mayo to... It, it's going to be. It was go, always going to be difficult for Mayo to keep that kind of a train on the tracks from uh, first whistle to the end. Mayo are going to be in an All Ireland semi final. There's absolutely no doubt about that in my mind. But I thought they might. I, I did think there was a good chance that they would get caught on Sunday last. But I think it'll be the best thing for Mayo. It'll be absolutely like if you think about it, right? So they have six weeks. As as I said earlier, chances are they went out last night because they would have had a delay in maybe celebrating from the week before having won the league title. So they've they've gone out. They've probably they might have even had a row, you know. Um, Kevin Kevin will probably have an opportunity, and I'm sure there would be budget there. He might decide to take them away for a week now and go do a warm weather week and. You know, they might even go back to their clubs, maybe play a league game, take a break from the group and the stresses of that environment and come back three weeks out and still have plenty of time to have your prep and your run into the All-Ireland series. I think it'll be the best thing that'll have that's happened. It was great for the championship because we've had a weekend of, I wouldn't say shocks. No, I don't <laughs> think Mayo beating Roscommon is a massive shock. And I don't think Clare beating Cork was a shock. But we've had... Games that have really ignited the early rounds mm. and obviously with what happened in New York. But from a Mayo perspective, I think it could end up becoming a blessing. And from Ross Common's point of view, it's just, yeah, it's, it was typical Ross Common. Typical. Yeah, um, we don't want to focus too much on Mayo here because uh, it does seem that Davy Burke's nose was put out last week. And I didn't think Davy Burke seemed like a guy who kind of lets this kind of stuff wash over him, David. But he said, I thought there was a lot of dis- disrespect during the week. We finished third in Division 1 on merit and we were completely written off. He'd swear we were a lower level team altogether. I'm sure our boys were frustrated <laughs> by that and I'm glad they put it right. Now, Dave, I didn't hear that. I heard a lot of people tip mail, Dave, but I also heard nearly everybody say this is a flick of, flip of a coin. There isn't much between these teams. But I guess sometimes managers, camps, players, you, you kind of need that siege mentality. You need a bit of us against the world, don't you? Ah, you do, sure. Managers are going to use everything. They're going to pull strokes <laughs> to get their players fired up and stuff like that. But um, no, it was I myself. No, I thought I thought Mayo would. I I fancied them for the All Ireland, but um, I didn't. I don't know. Um, it's just I suppose the seven days turnaround. I suppose just it's tough. It's tough to get players riled up again for for seven days. Um, Mayo were just or Roscommon were just waiting there to to ambush him, as you said. Um, the goals are a massive factor in the game, um, and just it was just as you know, Mayo they just they were running into crowds. They couldn't get the shots off. They were just finished was very just, frantic, wasn't it? They had very, so much to yeah. the ball, but they just couldn't Ross get Common, into a scoring yeah. position. They were just swamping them. There was bodies bodies thrown everywhere by Roscommon, which was which was great to see, and like they'd be buzzing after that. It's a big game against Galway now in, in two weeks' time, but yeah, um, yeah it doesn't no, get any easier. Pretty, no, it doesn't. But I just, I just thought the way Mayo were going. I thought if they got over uh, yesterday and got over Galway, I know they're playing. They might have been playing Sligo in uh, Sligo or, or New York in a few weeks' time. They might have had a break. They might have mm. been able to rest a few players. But um, no, it's, I, I suppose it will stand to them this this five weeks, um, and they will be there thereabouts at the end coming to the end of the year. Yeah. Um. 
Endesmith, Rory, is a, oh. a force of nature. End of McGinley kind of highlighted him last week on the podcast mm. and also then in a, in a column for the website on Sunday. So, like, if End of McGinley has a good game, or sorry, if End of Smith has a good game, um, you know, Ross Common have a chance. He had a fantastic man, game man and match, they won. Man of, yeah, man of the match. He's unbelievable. And I, I think there's, they, they, they were just up for it from the first whistle. And he, tip, he led from the front, you know, like his ability to drift into midfield, win high ball with against lads that are bigger than him, you know, charging into the forwards, you know, winning penalties and like, ah, oh, listen, I just thought like he, he it was a heroic display from him, and but 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 Donny was good as well. The brother who's like you know has got quite a lot of miles on the clock, and I was surprised to see him start. Connor Cox obviously missed out, uh, but did come on and kicked an unbelievable score himself, which kind of shows sure. they have a bit of depth there as well. So well, forwards think, they like, have an abundance of depth. Oh yeah, 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 and be, be, you know, be, I thought Ben O'Carroll was outstanding. Didn't score as much yesterday. Did he get a point yesterday? He didn't score, no. Didn't score, but he was no. very, very effective in drifting out, linking play up. You know, like they played, they played the game kind of on their terms, by and large. Now, I should say, I thought the free count was a bit ropey. I mean, I think it was some, I got the stats afterwards. It was 24 10. Hmm. Now, I'd be a in little. Those conditions, it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? Well, well, well. well t- 24 frees against Mayo versus 10 against Roscommon. War was the difference and the disparity in the level of tackling that wide? I would yeah. argue no. Like, he blew Aidan O'Shea on two occasions for bumping his man out of the way on a throw ball. Throw and, ball I was, yeah. and I was kind of saying to myself, I'm sure, what's Aidan O'Shea supposed to do in that scenario? That's exactly what a throw ball is. It's a physical contest for the football. And he blew against him. I thought... There was, yeah, it, I, I think Mayo found it harder to get freeze yesterday. Now, that's without wanting to go down the road of ref bashing, uh, because, look, his interpretation, that's fine. But I think it was a hard game to referee. To be fair, there was a, a lot of stoppages. There was a lot of, uh, I think Dara was saying that uh, the Ross Common physio certainly got his steps in with the amount of times that he was running in and out of the field you know it was very, he was probably the busiest fella on the whole Roscommon team yesterday if you're, you're so. going to be fouled 24 times Roy you're going to, get, <laughs> you're going to pick up a lot of news yeah, yeah yeah but look I suppose that's the nature of the way they set themselves out that was also part of their tactics and to my mind look it's a fault I suppose and maybe it's an issue for Gaelic football in a broader sense but look it's not for today or tomorrow because it won't be fixed this season anyway but you know, time wasting is another part of the game, and I think Roscommon executed that side of it really well as well. Yeah, um, it's not easy, David, in in those conditions to to rack up two eight doesn't sound like much, I suppose, in modern Gaelic football. But it was winter football, yeah. Like. Taking was... the conditions into consideration, that was it was it was good scoring by Roscommon, particularly against the wind in the first half. Yeah, it was. It was um, the conditions, I suppose, in Kewsey Park yesterday. I think they got it, kind of got away with the, the worst of the conditions. Mm-hmm. I think it was just when the game was over, I think the rain started to come in and mm-hmm. then you could see it above in Mikhail Park. The conditions come in and, um, as I said, the goals the goals were a massive factor. Um, it came at the right time for Roscommon and it's just that in conditions, everything's just, it's the bounce of the ball. When you try to bounce the ball, it goes away from you or... Uh, as I said, the referee was kind of 
he was letting that go for Roscommon, but not for Mayo. But, <laughs> uh, but like it's 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 just I suppose Mayo um, Roscommon let Mayo come on top of him, let him come in, and then they surrounded him. Uh, packing wise, and I, I suppose they just had enough bodies behind it to turn over the ball all the time. But um, the scores came. Connor Cox had a fine, brilliant score at the end. Um, they could have got a few more. Um, but Amber Smith is just he's a he's an animal of a man. He's his performance yesterday was outstanding. He can play anywhere. He could play a corner forward, foot forward, wing forward, wing center forward, midfield, anywhere. I'd say he could even try himself in the backs. He's just a big, massive presence. Like to stand beside the man is, to, um, he's just he's a big physical man, um, but he's outstanding. He can kick left and right, and he can do he can do everything. It's uh, he's if he was any any other team, he'd he'd have definitely all stars uh, most of the years. Mm. But um, no, it's. It's great, great for Ross Common and himself, and uh, no, it's it's mighty. Yeah, um, the other game in Connacht, obviously, Rory, uh, definitely. <laughs> um, I don't think, um, I don't think uh, 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 McGinney, sorry, Johnny McGinney, would be saying, uh, "Oh no, we got disrespected in the press last week. Nobody was giving New York a chance." <laughs> um, there was actually murmurings, Rory. That's the thing. I know. I think there's always murmurings in this. I one, think. Yeah. I think. I think, especially Mikey, when people saw their squad, <laughs> there was more than murmurings. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they've got some serious players, haven't they? Rory? They do. Like they do, and players of high caliber, high quality. Um, if I was John Cleary, I'd be sending an SOS to New York <laughs> there and get Mark Ellis back for the footballers. But uh, thought he was very good and sh- like a tree natural. Born Americans on the team, I think, is was very yeah, interesting and as well. The winning penalty. Yeah, so yeah. I, and nine thousand in the Bronx, an unbelievable story. What a way to kickstart the whole thing off! Yeah, it is incredible. Bit of an anomaly if they make it to a Connacht final that they'll be in the group stages of Sam Maguire, but won't be in the group stages for the Talton Cup. I think that's an odd, an unusual scenario. I certainly yeah. would imagine. I'd like they, to know who's paying for it if they do. Well, this is the thing. Day. Like this is the thing. If they beat Sligo, I mean, there'll be a few uh, bean counters in Croke Park. But the GA very, president very would be. Uh, the GA president would be sympathetic to their cause, but I can imagine Tom Ryan having a oh. look, having a look at the invoice. Going, I'm not sure about this, Larry. <laughs> I'd say the price of the tickets might be going up for next week. <laughs> Fifty people flying over. What? How many times at that stage they'll have to do it? Well, that should be on top of the Sligo game. Yeah, and they'll get an iconic final if they were to. And the final will be five times. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's 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 before they make a preliminary quarter final. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, but look, I, it, it, it was. It was hard and harsh and tough on Leitrim. I think it's a big lesson learned in fairness. Eamon flagged it up on the podcast last week when the last time they were out there, I think they were taken to extra time as well. So it was mentioned uh, that this could happen at some point. Sligo like got a big scare last year as well. Exactly. Is, yeah. I, I think the other thing as well, which I don't know if it has been mentioned, but I do think it's worth a point worth mentioning and it'd be good to get David's views on this. I think playing on a plastic pitch gives them a big big advantage like they obviously do all their training there i mean no other intercounty match that i know of takes place on an artificial surface and it just limerick used one in the league last year remember that i think that was the only other time i think you you know so i I don't know if that makes a huge difference like the game is it it's a Gaelic football is played slightly differently on artificial surfaces you know it just seems a little bit faster for some reason and a lot more open. The cameraman was having a fierce, fierce hard time trying to keep the ball, 
trying to keep the ball in in shot. The big green wall doesn't help either. Yeah, like it doesn't, no, it it doesn't yeah. seem like a rectangle or something. It's funny to kind of but, it's an optical illusion. But what would your experience of artificial surfaces be, David? Like, how do you find playing on them? Uh, don't like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of problems with uh, the AstroTurf. Um, for me, my Achilles and stuff like that, that's, that's one of the reasons I probably kind of packed it in was what Claire, Claire train and UL um, for the majority of the year, like in November, December, January, February, they will train in, in the AstroTurf from UL. And I think it's a massive factor. I think it's very hard on players, especially going on to grass pitch afterwards. The bounce of a ball is, is totally different. Um, but it is it is faster game and stuff. But um, I would be telling people to kind of to stay, stay away, from, stay, stay away, away from, from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's it's hard. It's a totally different game. And I think probably that's what kind of each of them took them a while to probably get used to. It, I suppose unless they got to an astro uh, tough pitch the week before or something like that. I suppose mightn't have had time. But um, yeah, it's it's a huge factor. It's a huge factor, mm-hmm. and I think that would probably be. One of the things for Leitrim was it would have been an extra tough to catch him, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I play on it every Tuesday night, Roy, and I'm brilliant. I, I, I score <laughs> two or three goals most weeks, to be honest with you. It's, it's very interesting, though, um, when like being involved in a club now, and if you're, if you're trying to organise a game or if you're offering a game or taking a game and the mention of an AstroTurf is put out there, teams literally run away. Yeah. Just don't, just don't want to play like like no. like and all of these the, the hilarious thing is all these facilities are being built all over Ireland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like there's a new there's a new one just after being built in Swords now a fantastic one right which is an incredible setup and um, nobody wants to play on them because no. they're they're, yeah. they're they're considered dangerous and you you can pick up injuries on them and yeah but like look I don't think it was the sole reason why Leitrim yeah. lost. Yeah. Yeah. It is well, interesting, it. though, because I would, I, like say, play soccer on him, obviously only messing to scores like 32-31, so if you score a few goals, it's not a big deal. But you play on your feet. You don't make sliding tackles. Like, even no, in goal, you no. don't tend to dive, because you get, like, carpet burn. Um, yeah. The only time I played GA on an artificial pitch was playing in goal, um, so you don't really have a choice. But I couldn't imagine, David, you know, the rough and tumble of a championship match um not only as you mentioned like the muscular injuries but there's just the sheer pain of the abrasions and like the the burns you get it's it would play on my mind anyway i think it would do yeah like it's you'll be it's a different story trying to throw your body on the line in an astroturf Mm. i suppose in the grass you have a bit of cushion but um yeah it's 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 totally different um anytime i see at the moment now with with Doombeg, we're we're training our pitch is closed at the moment, so we kind of have to train in astroturf. But it's it's just so it's so demanding, like it's the twisting and turning. I suppose my age, I suppose it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's you keep, not. Uh, you keep running in straight lines. <laughs> straight lines. You're not twisting and turning. Yeah. And I, I was I was actually talking to Paul Finn the, the last day as well um, in Dublin, and he was telling me the same thing. Like he just he just he can't he can't train on the astroturf as well as. It's, uh, it's too demanding like but um it's i'd hate to see next year i know the connaught um dome. Was the, the, the dome was for the the national the league final or not the league final sorry the um the yeah. fpd league mm. that was played in it and it was it just it didn't look yeah it just didn't didn't look didn't look right on the game and um, the pitches are getting better but yeah, yeah i don't think they are getting back is a particularly advanced no 
Uh-huh. And you see in American American football as well. I think they're they're given out that um, certain pitches are astroturf and certain are grass pitches, and they want everybody to play a grass pitch because there's such a difference in the games and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, hopefully this, it doesn't go down the road. That we'll be playing on astroturfs yeah. in a few years' time. I, I wouldn't want to be taken away from the victory. Obviously, Rory was it yeah. was fantastic and it, it, it was dramatic, and I loved um, uh, McAtee's quote uh, quote about. Uh, the winning penalty. Uh, I know the TV didn't catch it, but I was sitting on the water box. I didn't watch the penalties. I was just going by the reaction of the crowd. He says, when I knew Mikey Brosnan was stepping up last, I knew he was going to score because he actually didn't care if he scored or not. No, it doesn't <laughs> make sense, but he's never won before. He's never known any different. He grew up playing in New York since he was no age. I just knew he was going to step up and it was going to happen. Rory, you saw the penalty, I'm sure. <laughs> there was no doubt in his mind. My God, belted into the top buried corner. It. Absolutely buried it. And believable scenes afterwards like it's gas you know i mean you you, you it was, I, the thing that struck me was the amount of children that were running on yeah like they're obvi- they're yeah. obviously all americans you would assume you know and it was um yeah it was it was some way to kick start the whole championship pity it was it was on so late i suppose that's probably why maybe got missed a little bit given the time that it, through in at but um it was just yeah it's an un- un- unbelievable story and seeing them now in Sligo in a couple of weeks time will be um be another leg to that and really interested to see how that game plays out they'll have they'll be quite confident going into it like I mean they, that, could, that could be dangerous enough fixture for Sligo you'd imagine Sligo will have too much for them, but you just wouldn't know oh, and you look at that New York team there's a lot of lads there who've won a lot of championship matches can they all come back can they, can they all, yeah. can they all yes. come back are they, are they all McAtee said of the of the 43 on his panel or 43 who travelled I guess that includes backroom team the 43 involved last year 40 were able to come for the Offaly match so there's obviously yeah. three three lads there who who, hopefully, who are going to remain nameless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they're not starting players anyway. Yeah, but I guess it's different now because the the immigration to the states it's it's done it's it's a different kind of uh, demographic. It's a different kind of prof- kind of uh, careers going over there now, and lads are going over with visas. I guess so, slightly different. Um, I guess we'll leave it there. That's just to mention the scores and the other matches. Um. Uh, Leash beat Wexford uh, Offaly beat Longford by a point in a bit of a dinger uh, Wicklow had to work against Carlow but ended up winning by 8 points and Tipperary also probably had a harder match against Waterford than they might have been expected and yeah. uh, they needed 3 goals there one of them was was a fantastic goal actually and um, yes in, in Ulster Armagh had a fairly Anodyne win over Antrim now twenty points to one eight. I don't think I don't think we learned a whole lot, Rory. I think we were hoping the old Armagh would come back for this match, and I I think they did, but it might be a bit of an illusion. I, I don't know. If yeah, were, a couple of bright, yeah, couple contest. of bright. Yeah, like I mean, the game was. What, what when did Antrim get their first score? Was it sixteen minutes before they actually had any score on the board? And I think maybe Armagh were five nil, six nil up at that stage, and the game was over really. Um, but I think there were a couple of bright spots for Armagh, obviously the form of Conor Turbot, but I thought um, uh, Shane McPartland at midfield yeah. was Brilliant. outstanding. And I think that's a big, uh, that was a big plus. I mean, he kicked, I don't know, did he have three or, three four, or four points? points yeah. Three or four points from play. He was, you know, a, a real presence, superb on kickouts and um, a big boost given the fact, look, that they have been trying to 
you know, shift Ryan O'Neill into a, a multitude of roles. I think him and Ben Creeley um, have that partnership locked down now. And I think that would be a big plus for Kieran McGinney and the Ironman management as they head into Brefney, which is going to be really tough. You know, Cavan Cav, away now in the next round. And Cavan, uh, as we know now, have it all to play for. Yeah. Um, and that's it next week after a, 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 a hectic start to the championship, as is usual. We have two matches next week from Anna and Derry <laughs> on Saturday and Tyrone mm. v Monaghan, which is a good one. But that's uh, yeah. that's on Sunday. And that, that's our lot. So um, listen, we'll be back on Thursday to preview those. Uh, thank you very much, David. And uh, we'll be back in a minute to the back on the league final with Shane McGrath. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses! Welcome back. We've been joined by Shane McGrath to discuss uh, the latest notch on Limerick's battle axe. Uh, they, uh, they defeated uh, Kilkenny 220 to 15 points below in Parky Cueve. Um, Shane, uh, the, dare I say it about God's own game, but it's all getting a little bit boring and predictable, isn't it? <laughs> oh, sure it is, lads, isn't it? Like, um, it's just the dominance of them, and like, even look, we could go through stats and everything and all like that, but I think uh, nowadays, I think people are really au fait with kind of the stats side of it, you know. Um, but I think what maybe we can try and discuss is the scary facts, as I was saying to you there, Rory, mm. even in a, in a message yesterday, like that. Like, 42 scoring chances for Limerick. Took 22 of them, okay? They had 20 wide, isn't it? 15 of them yeah. in the second half, right? Like, there's no there's no reliance for them on one player, right? And I think that was emphasised, and I was just doing some stuff even for last week there, Mikey, and they had no player in the top 10 scorers for the National Hurling League, Limerick, right? So there's no reliance on one guy. They had seven scorers yesterday, and, and as I said... 15 wides in the second half. They could have easily had 9, 10, 11 scores yesterday. But it's it's just getting to the stage where like you're just going in hoping that they all get I don't know, like COVID. Did, was it the New Zealand well the New Zealand rugby team in, in the World Cup in South Africa that time? Did they all get uh, food poisoning? Food food yeah. um, there was there questions did the France soccer team in this year? They need a dodgy lasagna like Spurs at that time. I don't know. Does someone does someone need to get in there into the into their their camp and try and do something like that? Because at the moment that's the only way you seem to be able to stop them. And and what's worrying lads is Dara Donovan's interview afterwards spoke very well now I thought he's they always mentioned the panel, but the one thing stuck out for me was he said, we've 37 lads and they, and for the first time in a long time, we they, they could all train last week. So, like, you're not, like, everybody's going to be back. Everybody's in full health. Their competition is ridiculous. You have to figure out a new position, positional name for what Barry Nash is doing. Um, I don't know what you call it. We had the brick flick a few years ago. Maybe this is the Barry Nash. That's all you can call it because... As I was saying in a tweet there yesterday, like 10 years ago, you'd say to Conor Ford, look, your job is hooks, blocks, three scores from play. Now you're saying to Conor Ford, you need to keep Conor back scoreless from play. And yeah. that's realistic. What's happening there? And look, for me, lads, you could go on and on and on. How do you try and beat them? You need to have a phenomenal performance and hope they're well below par. But maybe try and keep Barry Nash as close to his own goals as possible. Maybe play three, even four in the foot forward line. Do something different that hasn't been done. Because at the moment, lads, everything that's trying to be done isn't working. And it's just getting, and it's not Limerick's fault, it's just getting to a stage where 
I'm almost getting bored now, and I and like I love hurling lads. I love them more than anything. Like, but it's just getting to the stage where we know what's going to happen. Yeah, Rory, I was the th- the thing that's almost, and I don't mean to be dispiriting. Like, ge- genuinely, we're all you know happy for the people of Limerick. They 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 suffered quite a lot as a Wexford man. I can appreciate how much they suffered through the through the drought, and uh, now they're getting their rewards. But Rory, the, the the thing that's a little bit worrying for me is when Kilkenny. The only team that we can equate to Limerick were in their pomp, and Shane's, Shane's Tipperary were taking them on, or it was it was Cork, or it was Clare, or it was whoever. You always got a sense that they believed they could win, like they really thought this will be our day. Like you know, especially when you listen to Liam Sheedy talking, like he was convinced, and even though they had some bad beatings and all that, in the finals they bounced back. I'm getting to the point now where I think most teams are beaten before they go out on the pitch against Limerick because, as Shane says, they've tried everything and it hasn't worked. So they're going out into the field saying, oh, well, maybe they'll all get food poisoning, lads. <laughs> <laughs> food poisoning or COVID. Yeah, that's kind of when you're living in a very um, fanciful world if you're depending on things like, like that. But... I suppose maybe in one sense, the season now from an intercounty manager, particularly in Munster, your season is probably framed a lot around when you play them um, and where they fall in terms of the pecking order. Because it may even be the case now where you're saying, well, look, we're going to get zero points from that game anyway. So let's make sure, right, How where, where they fall? Do we play them first? What kind of pressure is that going to put us under? Or do we play them last where maybe they're already qualified for a Munster final and might have one small bit of an eye off the ball? I was reading Dalo this morning. He seems to feel that there's only one time to catch him, which is in a semi-final. Jeez, I don't know about that either. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, think, uh, I think what they learned from 19, Rory, you know, the semi-final, like the, yeah. the, one, the, one game, the last game they lost... I'd say they're getting the semi-finals now that that is definitely been brought back up by someone that the yeah. hurt that they had from that, you know, there's some clip being shown. I'd say, I'd say maybe what happened that year in 2019 against Kilkenny is being used, definitely still used for the hurt because like they haven't felt the hurt since then. So yeah. if they want motivation to say, right, what do we do? Um, let's try to match where we got back there nearly four or five years ago. And <laughs> remember how that much hurt? And they're like, yeah, that's never going to happen to us again. And you're like, and then they all run through the walls of the dressing yeah. room. <laughs> and like, and and I think like one of the things that needs to be borne in mind. I mean, they're very physically dominant. They're powerful, superb hurlers. Like I was talking to an, a good friend of mine in Cork who played into county hurling with Cork, who will remain nameless. And he said, like, when you played Limerick back back in the day, they were always physical. They were like it was always the toughest physical game you ever got from. Limerick, like you always woke up after Limerick on a Monday morning after championship match with them. And it was the sorest you would feel. But you'd nearly have always beaten them because their hurling wasn't good enough. But by God, they're you know they seem they've sorted that out. <laughs> yeah, just just a slight a slight over correct correction, yeah, yeah. perhaps. Um Shane, yeah. you mentioned like there's no reliance on one player. And this is one thing I nearly always do now with, with Limerick. I see to see where they're where they're where their scores from play came from. Their their starting backs had one four from play and their starting forwards had one six from play, as far as I can see. Throwing a couple of points there from midfield. Um like as you say, like 
what what is what does Barry Nash do? Because I know the one thing the opposition doesn't do is mark him. And there, there has to somebody like Davy Fitz has to be pouring over tape here now, trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do with Barry Nash in a couple of weeks' time because like he just popped up for a goal and you're like, Yeah, that's that's normal. The cornerback Barry Nash is as free as a bird, twenty yards from goal, and the and the forward is willingly giving him the ball. I can imagine in your day, Shane, if you were going through a goal <laughs> and Carl Barrett or whoever does came up on your right hand side, you'd be like, "What the hell are you doing there? Why would where's, I give you the ball?" <laughs> where's Lar? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, just a it's a yeah, different ball game, yeah, Shane, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Like that, and uh, you know, there there's no way even ten years ago, like five years ago, let's even you know, um. There's no way the cornerback's going past the 45, 65 max. You know, it's it just wasn't in the game plan. Whereas what I think teams are doing maybe from looking at it is they want to play the two men in inside full forward line to maybe counteract what Limerick are doing out the field and bring out bodies. So what you're doing is, right, you're bringing out maybe one of your inside forwards out around a half forward midfield type role. So what that's actually playing into Limerick's hands from what I'm seeing in that they're allowing... A, a player like Barry Nash, who people have to realize he does not play a cornerback for his club. Like mm. this guy plays midfield, half forward line for his club. And he is, I think, in one of the games last year in a club championship game for midfield, like this guy could be scoring two, seven, two, eight, like, you know, regularly, like because of, because of the hurling he has. He, he was also like when they won under 21 All Ireland, he was, he was getting man of the match and he was in the half forward line. So he's very, very comfortable up the field. So what I think teams are doing is trying to bring out this guy and then who follows from the Limerick full back line? Well, of course, Barry Nash. So I, I just feel that I would keep Barry Nash as close to his own goal as is possible to try and curb his scoring influence or his distribution influence from that middle third. Because he's so comfortable on the ball as he's so athletic. Do you know what? He's fair strong as well. I see him there standing beside Tom Kenny yesterday. Tom Kenny's no small man, Rory, as you know, like he's, yeah. he's, he's a physical yeah. guy. And like and Barry Nash looking down on him, like, mm. you know, even just on the pitch there yesterday. So what I'm saying is, try something. Would, would, I don't know, our team's going to try something different. Like, here's something absolutely crazy, lads, right? Play three or four inside the full forward line and try and keep their scoring backs back the field. And like, you know, I mean, I'm not to say like go back to the, you know, driving and, and you know, first time hurling and ground hurling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back that far. What I'm saying is, in the 49th and 51st minute yesterday, if you look back at the game, Kilkenny launched in two long balls. They just they just put them in there. And they had they had bodies in there. And what happened was, Massey Keown picked up one and, and to cause consternation. And, 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 and Billy Ryan had a goal chance. Okay. And then in the 51st minute, you get a long ball in from Owen Murphy from a free... And what happens is there's a bit of consternation and Hugh Lawler gets a point. But they didn't really do it other than that, lads. I think teams are afraid to give away the ball. I don't know if you agree now or not. Teams are looking up now and they're actually afraid to give away the ball, knowing what could counter could come. And that's in all games. And I just think maybe, would you try, this is totally outside the box, have a load of bodies in there, keep their scoring backs, back towards their own goal. You know, like, you know, like that episode of Father Ted where Dougal is told, you go mind the corner flag. Like, like do you give someone a job, say, stand over there and let one of them stand beside you? Because at the moment, we can't afford one four, one five and play from their backs. Yeah. So that would be something different. But look, what he's doing as well, he's hurling his ability, the freedom he gets. I'd say, I'd say he relishes it when he sees one of the full forward line going out around midfield. And I'd say Falconer is like, out you go. 
And, yeah, and so I, I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Rory. Yeah. I just, I, I, and one of the things I think I would, I'd, I'd like to talk about as well is the Aaron Galan goal, like, you know, a hand pass and then he doubles on it, like doesn't even catch it. He did something like that in his first game back mm. against Westmead. I think he he pulled on a ball first time that was hand passed over to him, and I think he scored a point from it. He did, yeah, yeah. It was I, his first point like, like, back, I think. I don't think people realise how difficult the skill it is to actually double on a ball first time while playing into County Hurling and having, you know, Hurleys flying around your head and all sorts. And he just pulls on it for it, doesn't even bother catching it. And like, what a finish. And like, he just points, he points at Flanagan as he's coming back out, you know. Thanks and for that. And Flanagan points out at Keane Lynch to say thank <laughs> yeah, you for yeah, the pass yeah, for yeah. him. You know, like, um, I mean, it's but like, extraordinary stuff. Final Rory, do you remember the 2019 league final? Lads? I was just because I only remember because I was at it that day on, on duty. The ball get in, they played Waterford in the 2019 That's league right. final. He actually was scored. Was that in Crow Park? Was that in Crow Park? Park. Park. Yeah, 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 correct. And the ball did not touch the ground, lads, until it hit the net and then hit the ground in Crow Park. Nicky Quaid pinged it out. I think Tom Morris, he got it in his hand. He pinged it into Aaron Gillan, who almost Jimmy Barry Murphy esque, Rory. Yeah. Doubled on it yeah. first time. Yeah, yeah. Finished the pass, Stephen O'Keefe now. Not just any. Incredible skill. Like. It was incredible skill. And I'd say, you know, what I what I always find funny or whatever it is, when the Limerick players wrestle with Aaron Gillan, they just start laughing, like, yeah. you know, yeah. because they realize the talent this guy has. Like, you yeah. know, it goes, Oh, Aaron, Aaron Glenn. Nicky Keane was interviewed, Nicky Quaid, Daryl Donovan. They just go, Yeah, sure, Aaron. Like, you yeah. know, he's just. Sure, he missed, he missed, he missed a good part of the early season because obviously, whatever internal dis- di- disciplinary matters that were, were dealt with. Has, hasn't blunted this game in any way, anyway. Like, he hasn't. He doesn't look like, uh, ah, listen, just he, their force um... of nature now. That was something I noticed last session. I, I always noticed the stupid small things. I don't think he breaks too many hurls. If you look at Aaron Gillan's hurl, it looks old. Did you notice that? The hurl he was playing with yesterday. Yeah. It looks weathered. Yeah. He doesn't break he, too many. He doesn't know, but like, you know, he, and, he, and like, he, you, you, like, I mean, even the catch he made lets for Barry Nash's goal, it was just so. Through the air. It was incredible. And the way down, he grabbed it and then he pops it out. And like, he's so like, good at that. Like physically, he doesn't mind it. You know what I mean? He doesn't mind mixing it. He doesn't mind what way the ball comes in. Like he's proven mm-hmm. that over and over again. Um, his clubmate got club got hurler the year last year in Dermot Burns, and and one of the things he mentioned in his speech that night was Aaron Gillan. Yeah. Like they like this guy is so like central and key, like you know, to everything that they're doing, and I think they really do appreciate him. And I'd say when all the when all the controversy came out about him, you know, I'd say you know. Limerick Hurling fans and definitely the players were like, you know, how are we going to deal with this? Well, I wonder what's going to happen. And look, it was dealt with internally and the way they dealt with it, fair play. And got his punishment or whatever it was, but came back in and he he's he's massive to them. He's he's just massive to every everything that they do. Like so yeah. you can you can you can lamp it in any old way as well. There's a good chance he'll win it. You know? And if he doesn't win it, there's a good chance he'll win it back. Because one of their points yesterday came from him to like hooking a guy yeah. and then winning the ball himself after the hook and passing it and did off. You see, to, did you see, Les? Uh, small, I, 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 I'd be noticing the small things like you as well. Like he'd be watching. I think it was 69 minutes. Connor Bylan goes through. Connor Bylan got on the world of ball and came on yesterday. Mm. Like, I mean, he's one of the unknown lads. Like, he's mm. one of the lads we don't really talk about, but he's playing consistently well for his club in the Piercing. Came on, got on the world of ball, did, did the simple things right. But the one thing I'd say they might say to him now, maybe during the week, is. 
you need to throw that ball out. So 69 minutes, he's going through. He, he takes on a shot that he shouldn't. But watch Galan, and Galan has the hands out saying, you should have given me that ball. Mm. You know, like it's it at, at the time, it's I think it's nearly the last play in the game. Mm. They're very, very close to it. They're up by 11 points. And he's saying, you should have given me that ball. This needs to happen. Like, you know, so that's, I suppose, that's the standards that they're, that they want from each other, that's what they're requiring of each other, and, and I've no doubt that'll probably be brought up, you know, as one of the one of the things that they'll need to work on. That, as John Kiley said um, afterwards in his um, in his interview, you know. Yeah. Okay. And um, before we get on to on to Kilkenny, one more question for you, Shane. What what should teams do with the Limerick pocket? Because the, Kilkenny pretty much gave it up again yesterday, and it just, as you said, as much as even Barry Nash free, this just seems like the most wrong-headed thing you can do against Limerick is let that full back line have the ball in twenty yards of space. It just, I, 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 I haven't seen the sense of it for two or three years, and I still can't see the sense of it. And I know there's reasons, and I know you're robbing Peter to pay Paul or whatever, but at this point. I'd rob Peter because <laughs> letting the full back line have the well, ball. Tried, the we, we tried, we tried paying Paul. That doesn't work either. <laughs> yeah. 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 I tried to, I'd, I push up in a Mikey. It's, it's just, yeah. I mean, physically, can you, can you, can you keep it going for 75 minutes is the thing, but I would push up in them. And if you do, if you do force them long, then, you know, they'll obviously have something there. They'll, they'll create space in their half forward line. Their half forward line might sit deep and Quaid might ping them in front of them. But, Quaid is so good, he, you know, he he put the ball in your pocket like he put it through the Ivan Eagle. He he can find that space in, in between those channels. But for me, I just think ha- let, let, letting them have the ball and they get it to a zone. And when they get it to a zone, then they know that they can either get a quality ball inside or they'll hold on to it again for a second and they'll suck you out. But I would I would push on them and see how long you can you can sustain that. But again, I just think physically it's it's very, very hard. Like, I mean, you're running into if you let if you're pushing up at Sean Finn and you get a don't off like I mean, what did he what did he read during the week? He could bench 140 kgs or something like that's that's crazy stuff. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> you know, you could you could hire some of these lads to move mobile homes for you, like you know, if you were thinking about relocating um, from a, a a beach resort or something like you know. So that's that's what I do, Mike. I push up and totally out the bo- outside the box. Yeah. Three four lads inside the full forward line. See how that would work. Yeah. Um on Kilkenny then Rory. Um mm. it it was it was dispiriting enough now, wasn't it really? You know, Adrian Towards the came end. back yeah. and you know, fifteen points in a national final, that's you know, they know that's not good enough. And yeah. we were and talking here last week, you need goals and there was a couple of chances, but they were half, half chances. Chance, half know? chances. Yeah. but even on those half chances you could actually see how organized Limerick are as well, on top of everything else in terms of making sure like it's almost like the Lord of the Rings. You you just you're just not going to get through to actually get a clean shot off. And if you do, it's usually a sort of a half shot, hook, a half half hook, half block. I think from Kilkenny's point of view, like they they know that they probably won't meet Lim. Well, they know that they won't meet Limerick now again until it absolutely essentially matters. And they got a good look at what probably is coming down the tracks for them at one stage or another. Like the chances are Kilkenny will come out of Leinster. <clears throat> we know Limerick will definitely be coming out of Munster. So they they know that there's a potential meeting coming down the tracks again. And um You yeah, don't crack if Limerick didn't get out of Munster, would it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you know what, right? The, the only thing I would say is Waterford of the of the other Munster teams, because Davy's so such a maverick when it comes to setting teams up and is liable to and are capable of, you know, as Shane said, throwing some crazy mud at the wall. 
it might be the one game where it could become very, you know, there might, might be an element of chaos involved and quite crazy because... Desi Hutchinson do a man-marking job on Barry <laughs> yeah, yeah, this type <laughs> of stuff. So you just don't know. Like, that that, that could be one fixture, but I, I just see them hosing their way through everybody else. But, like, in from a Kilkenny perspective, yeah, I was reading Dale was spot on there again this morning. Just like in, you were kind of hoping, would we see TJ didn't come on? What's the point in bringing him on when the game is done? Um, but there are a couple of positives, I think, as well. Like Billy Drennan, I think, got a good taste for what's coming down the tracks. We're still very good on the freeze. And Adrian, obviously, I've been Adrian Mullen back is a, is a positive. Mm. But yeah, I suppose, look, it's not too many positives. But that seems to be the case for everybody when they went to play Limerick these days. And they shouldn't yeah. really feel any 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 different. You might you might know off the top of your head, yeah. top of your head, Shane, or know from looking in your stats ledger. But um, and I know it's his first year, but like I think, do Kilkenny need a bit more from play from Billy Drennan? Is that is that fair enough to say? Yeah, like suppose he had five points yesterday, wasn't it? It was five frees. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have it down here. Minute forty-one, he picks the ball up on his own fourteen-yard line. Uh, you know, I suppose. That's just the way, like, I suppose Peter Casey does it for Limerick in regards to he's back around, but like Billy Drennan's their top scorer, he's 265 score coming into the game, he's averaging 12 points, he, he gets held scoreless from play yesterday, and but he is serious, serious free taker, so, but like, as I said, in the 40, 41st minute, he, he ends up back in his own 14, because he's, he's probably tracking maybe Nash, like, or someone, you know, yeah. maybe he has to track him all the way back, so that's probably something they look at, positives otherwise, um, I thought Mullen was really good and I thought they took him off because he had enough done like they felt he had enough done he had three points scored from play he got on a lot of ball Paddy Deegan is um, he knows where the posts are lads too like you know um, he's, he's an accurate guy and I thought he was good I thought Hugh Lawler had, had a very good game lads um, particularly in the first half he his athletic ability his footwork his ability to win high ball um, they seem to want to be going maybe with Tommy Walsh at three and him at six if they can afford to do that that's good because I, I I think he's a serious yoke and like you know even the bodies that they're down from the All-Ireland final last year like Mikey Carey Connor Brown obviously TJ didn't play even if they had all them lads and as, as I was saying to Rory like I mean if TJ had to come on yesterday or when they do play TJ like he'd want to be having some game to bridge to that up. Yeah, 11, 11 points and 20 wides like for the opposition. So there are there are some positives, you know. Um de- definitely I thought I, I thought Mullen in particular was was looked really, really good on the ball. He looked he looked match fit and he got a big clap in the back off the S and C guy when when he went off as well because he put in a, re- a really good shift. But um as regards Billy, like I think what Billy Drennan learned yesterday is worth anything to him. Um mm-hmm. I said during the week it might even be worth more than him winning a league medal because he's playing in as close to championship as he's going to get pre-championship and he knows now that look I need to get on the score I need to get on the I need to be on the sheet from play as well like you know to to have it to have the bigger the bigger influence and um, what he what he learned there yesterday I'm sure even position wise Mikey you know where he found himself sometimes I'd say he would have learned a lot and Derek Link probably would have learned a lot about Billy Drennan as well yesterday um, as, as in regards we need to keep our scores in near the goal and get a better ball into them so yeah, they would be they would be the positives I would take from anyway from Kilkenny point of view. Fair fair play for finding some positives, Shane. Um, all right, lads, we will leave it there and uh, no hurling next week. Um, so we'll be back week after to look ahead to the start of the round robins, um, where eleven teams will 
batter into each other and at the end of it Limerick will win the All-Ireland uh, or maybe not uh, thank you Shane and thank you earlier to David and thank you of course to Rory and we'll be back with you on Thursday so chat to you then good luck bye bye by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses!